0: Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to this teaching class for the Thames Valley and Watford Churches of Christ, beginning of 2023, as we go through First Thessalonians. And today, we're in chapter 3, and we're just going to look at the first five verses. And the question we're going to answer from this, what stands out here to me, is, how does faith get stronger? How does faith, how can we help people such that their faith gets stronger as much as ours might get stronger ourselves? And uh, this is what stands out to me from these verses. So let's have a look chapter three, verse one, Paul says, knowing what's going on in Thessalonica, they're going through a hard time, persecution and suffering. He says, when we could stand it no longer. I I just love that. This is Paul's heart coming out here. He's like, I can't stand it. When I can stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, our brother, co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen you and encourage you in what? Your faith. This is Paul's central concern, not to stop the suffering or the persecution, though I'm sure he would have liked to, but to make sure their faith is in a good place. And he says, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. In fact, you know quite well we were destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you we would be persecuted. It turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, it comes back again, I sent to find out about what? Your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you, and our labours might have been in vain. The next time we go on to verse six, and following, which where where we learn that Timothy's uh, trip was a great success, he comes back with a glowing report of the church there and of their affection for Paul. All is good, but they did need Timothy. Timothy was needed because they were, they were in danger of being tempted and drawn away from what was healthy. They needed some help with their faith, and Paul sorted it out. Now. You know from chapter two that he tried to go himself remember he says i tried again and again to come with to come but satan blocked our way and in the end even though satan is no barrier to, to god maybe what paul figured out is that's not what they need right now they actually don't need me satan's getting in my way but god isn't defeating satan so therefore i guess i'm not meant to go but i'm not going to give up i'm not going to throw my hands up in the end and say oh well i tried a bit he finds timothy he says timothy why don't you go now timothy had to make a long journey i'll show you a map in a minute Uh, He had to make a long journey. It would have been dangerous, costly. Uh, Paul's left on his own in Athens. It's a tough gig down there in Athens. It's not an easy time for him, but he's willing to do that. And Timothy's willing to go to encourage them in their faith. So my central point that I see in this passage is that for you and me, for our faith to grow means somebody else needs to get upset sometimes. Or for other people's faith to grow, we in this Christian community, uh, somebody needs to get kind of a bit upset. Not angry at somebody, that's not what I'm talking about here, that's not Paul's attitude, but he's like, I can't stand it, they're suffering, I've got to do something, I want to make sure their faith is strong. And so what does he do? He sends Timothy. And so this idea of, I can stand it no longer, seems to be quite significant. It is common in our lives, is it not, to get upset about things. Now and again, there are things we just cannot stand. I was asking this question of a friend of mine who said, I can't stand it when I see people driving along and throwing litter out of the window of the car. I'm exactly the same. I, I hate that. I, it drives me bananas. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that significant. It is important, but it's not that significant. But it really gets me upset. I can't stand it when I see that somebody else said. I can't stand it when people have bad manners. And you and I all have things that we value that we can't. We just can't stand it. And and the thing is, that happens when we can't really can't stand something is, we take action. Now and again, I have found myself driving, seeing somebody in front of me, throwing rubbish out of the car, and I have honked my horn, even before thinking about it. I'm not sure that's very constructive, okay? I'm not sure it makes any difference, but I can't not do anything. And there are things in our lives like that, and shouldn't there also be things like that in the way that we are as a Christian community, that there's certain things amongst ourselves we cannot stand, and perhaps the primary thing that we should be most upset about and we just can't stand is when somebody's faith is threatened somebody else's faith is threatened in our group. We become alert to that and we think, what can we do? What can I do? I I, I can't stand it, like Paul. And in some ways, of course, like Jesus. He couldn't stand it that we were victims of sin in this world. I mean, yes, self-inflicted on so many levels, but, but we had no way out. And so he came to this earth simply because in a sense, He couldn't stand it any longer. I imagine him talking to God, and I'm sure this conversation didn't quite go exactly like this, but I can imagine Jesus saying to his father, saying, Father, look at all the suffering because of sin in this world. Look at how trapped they are in their sin. They don't have access to being with us in the heavenlies. I can't stand it any longer. What do I need to do? And Father God says, well, you need to go to earth. Okay, you're going to need to suffer like they do on earth. Okay, you're going to need to be nailed to a cross. I don't know how Jesus reacted, but what I do know, what we all know, is that he was so upset about our situation, he said, I'll do even that. He's, I cannot stand to see them suffer any longer. I will go, and I will suffer, and I will go to the cross. And that's why you and I are here. And our faith is real because of what Jesus did. And surely that's the same way we should be with each other. Now, there are things we need to talk about in our fellowship groups but how we do this effectively, because we're not to come to each other with judgment, like your faith is weak, I'm going to fix you. Not a good way to be. And Paul had a relationship with the Thessalonians that allowed him to be very, very warm with them, very affectionate, as you read the rest of 1 Thessalonians, and also able to be fairly direct. But when he talks about strengthening their faith, I don't sense that he's judging them. He's just concerned for them. So we need to understand, how do we do that? That might be a good discussion to have with your friends, is how do we bring up things of faith with each other without being judgmental, without being uh, lording it over somebody, without being like, I'm the fixer for your problem, uh, just to make ourselves feel good, generally. How do we handle these conversations is a very important thing to talk about together. So faith gets stronger in our group when we get upset about faith being potentially weakened or weak and we need to do something about it, right? Faith gets stronger because then we act because we're upset, because we can't stand it. but uh, Motivated by love, of course. So he sends Timothy, who goes up there, despite the fact that last time he was there, there were riots and the jealous Jews are probably still there. Takes a lot of time, energy, and possibly money. Uh, we... We're called, I believe, to make sacrifices on behalf of others to help them with their faith. This is true for our children, uh, taking them to church events. It may take time out of your weekend. You're tired from working a tough job, Monday to Friday, or whatever you do, and you need some energy uh, recuperating at the weekend. That's true. But then maybe your your kids have activities. There are preteen events or teen events to go to. There are uh, there's a journey to travel. There's petrol to or diesel to put in the tank There's or, or vaults if you've got an EV. It's going to cost you uh, some money to go to these events, perhaps even as a parent to attend prayer events for parents, to hang out with other parents, to talk about our faith and the faith of our children. This takes time. It takes energy. It takes investment. It takes sacrifice. Calling a friend to pray with them or going to see them to have a coffee and talk together about our faith, not just about the weather, although that's okay, not just about the football or the price of fish, but also how is our faith? I remember uh, Archie, some of us will know, one of his favorite questions to me when we used to hang out back in the day was he'd say, Malcolm, and we'd talk about things and he'd say, how's your life and doctrine? And, and it was kind of a jokey way to bring up the spiritual part of the conversation. Okay, let's talk about our, how is your life and doctrine? <laughs> and we'd talk and i say, well, this is how I'm doing my prayer or this is how I'm feeling about my prayer. My, my Bible study, or this is how I'm feeling about God, or this is how I'm feeling about life right now, and how I feel that God is with me or not, and is I'm doing with my purity. And we talk about all kinds of things together, but we knew it was important to have a faith component part of our conversation. Now, that doesn't mean that every time we meet together as Christians, we should talk about our faith in detail every single time, but if we're not doing that regularly, something is missing, right? If Paul had this much concern for the Thessalonians who were a strong early church and who really were doing well in so many ways when he's able to commend them in chapters one and two for so many things about their faith and love, their hard work, their endurance, their labor for God. If he can commend them, but still be concerned about their faith and express it and find resources and make sacrifices, how much more it's important that we do this. Now, there are risks associated in helping one another with our faith. The first is that we could come across judgmental. Um, It could be that we try and help somebody and our offer of help is rejected and we may feel hurt. It may be that we try to help someone with their faith and it frankly just doesn't work. It may be that we're afraid that there may not be a good outcome if we try and help and there may not be a good outcome. There are so many potential barriers but we've got to overcome them by faith because of love, because we care about our brothers and sisters and about the status of our faith. And the status of our faith is such that not that we're trying to get somebody to an acceptable level of faith that we've determined what that is none of us are ever at that anyway right we have faith and we have enough saving faith because christ has come into our lives and we have repented and we've been baptized for the forgiveness of sins we have the holy spirit we have guaranteed our salvation we have the seal the guarantee of that ephesians 1 13. but our faith is meant to what it's meant to grow isn't it so Whether your faith is here and somebody else is here doesn't really matter. And who's to say say whose faith is where exactly anyway. The point is, Jesus is our inspiration. And I want to have the faith he had and has. And don't you want to have the same faith that he has? So wherever we are compared to Jesus, and he's not doing comparisons as far as I can tell. Nonetheless, wherever we are, we want to help each other grow in our faith to be a bit more like the faith of Jesus Christ, our inspiration, our savior, our brother, our friend. And this is what I think Paul is doing here. Paul is, and together with Timothy, he is. He can't stand it any longer to worry about them and be concerned about their faith. He knows there are dangers spiritually to them. And so he decides he's going to send Timothy. Timothy decides to go and their faith is strengthened and encouraged. So just to wrap up, What I think would be useful for us to consider is you might want to do a bit of an honest evaluation of your current abilities in your group to help each other with their faith. How are we doing? Do we talk about our faith? Do we talk about our relationship with God? Do we talk about how we're really doing inside with our faith? Is this actually happening? And if it is, is it being done well? Are we doing it in a loving way? Are we doing it in an upbuilding way? Are we being honest and loving? Are we asking the right questions? Are we asking them in a loving way? And when we respond, are we being honest? Do we have enough safety in this group to have those conversations, whether it's one-on-one or groups of three or four or five or more, whether it's a bunch of men meeting together or, or a group of women or a married couples meeting together or whoever it is, do we have that safety and what do we need to do to build that level of safety so that we can have these kinds of conversations? You might want to have that as a discussion uh, in, your, uh, in your groups. You may want to consider also the value of praying more for each other. I find that when I pray for other people, it's a lot easier to have faith conversations. Paul, we know, look through the book of First Thessalonians. He prayed for these people. He was thankful to God for them over and over again. He expresses that. How are we doing at praying for one another in our little groups? Really important. Are we taking action to strengthen and encourage one another when it provo- when it uh, when it's uh, possible? Are we doing so out of love, gently, and with compassion, not charging in like a bull in a china shop, but also not standing by and watching and thinking, "Well, somebody else will do it." That's not the way Jesus was. It's not the way Paul was, and it's not the way a Christian is with their brother or sister. Yes, we should speak the truth. Put off falsehood, Paul says in Ephesians four. Put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor, but do it out of love. Let's apply these principles to ourselves. Let's get uh, willing to be, uh, for people to encourage us, uh, to help us, but also let's uh, have the willingness to help other people. We have an opponent, as Paul mentions here, the tempter, but uh, although he's to be um, respected on some level, he's not to be feared because our faith overcomes all these obstacles. Jesus cared and then he acted made his personal sacrifice for you and me to help us with our sin, but also as an example of how to treat one another. God couldn't stand it any longer, so Jesus came. Jesus couldn't stand it any longer, so he came and went to the cross. Let's be the kind of people who can't stand the idea that a brother or sister is struggling with their faith, and you or I could do something about it. Let's be a Christian community that cares for each other on so many levels, but especially on the level of helping each other with our faith. I hope you find these thoughts helpful, and I hope you have a fruitful discussion about them. I'd love to know what you think, so drop me a line, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. The next class will be on the next part of Chapter 3, and until then, I wish you all of God's blessings and that you find in your local community that you are able to strengthen one another's faith. Take care. God bless